It is week nine in the Canadian Football League. Welcome to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. We're delivered by Domino's, folks. Check out Domino's.ca for all their great carryout and delivery specials, including four-topping medium pizza for just $9.99. Make it a large for just $3 more. Visit Domino's.ca. I got a show for you today, folks. Rod Smith from the CFL and TSN joins me. Scott Cullen from TSN.ca with Power Rankings and CFL Fantasy. And in a very special behind the helmet, CFL MOP, reigning most outstanding player, Mike Riley from the Edmonton Eskimos. This dude is awesome. He's hilarious. You don't want to miss MOP, Mike Riley from the Eskimos in behind the helmet. But you know what? Let's get right to the news of the day. It's time for Three Downs on CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, bringing you inside the largest headlines around the Canadian Football League. First down. Manziel. Pressure on right away. And he's picked off right away. His first pass is intercepted by Larry Dean. All right, for first down, Johnny Football, well, not last week for Johnny Manziel in his debut. His CFL start, man, did not go well. Four interceptions, zero touchdowns. He just got blasted. And here's a brief recap. Things went so bad, so quick. Johnny Manziel's first regular season pass is picked up. This is a humbling experience. A rude welcome to the CFL. Johnny Manziel needed more time. Football gods humbling me. Four interceptions never thrown before by Johnny Football in his college or pro career until tonight. You either bounce back and come back with a vengeance or you sit here and let it kill you. It can only get better, right? Hey, folks, Brian Mudrick with you on SportsCenter. Comebacks are never easy, especially this one. Johnny Manziel is in a new country and a brand new league. Many wonder if the Heisman Trophy winner had enough prep time before his first CFL start against Hamilton. Well, today, back to work for Johnny Football, who needs to protect that football a little bit better. Following that forgettable debut Friday against the Ticats, Manziel appeared to take first-team reps at practice today. Fellow quarterback Vernon Adams Jr. was not on the field. Manziel threw for four interceptions in that game, something he had never done in his college and NFL career. Manziel and the Owls are back in action Saturday against the East-leading Red Blacks. All right, let's get second down. Second down. He caught the football well today. And he, you know, he got in to have his breaks decent. And, uh, he caught the football and was clean there. But uh, like I say, football-wise, he's, he's got a ways to go. Terrell Owens was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame over the weekend at his own private ceremony. He's also worked out with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. TSN CFL insider Dave Naylor tells us more. This came about, his representative out of Edmonton reached out to the Rough Riders. And of course, T.O. was in Tennessee uh, celebrating his Hall of Fame enshrinement this weekend. Uh, he's actually an alumni of the same school that Chris Jones played at. That's University of Tennessee Chattanooga. And it just turned out that Jones happened to be home in his hometown of South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. And so they decided to do a workout. I think from the Rough Riders' perspective, it was, you know, there's nothing, there's no loss for them by working out Terrell Owens. And, I, you know, I talked to Chris Jones on Sunday night, and, and he said, 
know, where he left it was, hey, he told Terrell Owens, you, you, you let us take a few days and let us know where you're at. If you're really serious that you want to try to play professional football again, the first thing that I think is understood by both of them is he'd have to get in football shape. And then it's one thing to be a 44-year-old who's in great shape and a guy who can catch the football. But to be in football shape would be something different. And if he was really committed to that, I mean, he'd have to come up and make the Rough Riders practice roster. And there'd be no guarantee at that point that he'd ever get activated from the practice roster because Saskatchewan's pretty stacked when it comes to import receivers. So, you know, I think the Rough Riders, I see this as, a, as a, an extreme possibility. I think the Rough Riders, you know, see it similarly. But Chris Jones has a lot of respect for Terrell Owens. And, you know, he, uh, he was willing to work him out. And, and we'll see where this goes. I would be, still be very, very surprised if Terrell Owens uh, ever plays it down in the CFL. Third down. Wilds up the toss and he drops back. He pumps. He steps up in the pocket. He throws to the end zone. Single coverage! Touchdown! 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 Armani Edwards has it in the end zone with one second left! And in third down, CFL Performers of the Week, times two, the Argonauts. McLeod, Bethel, Thompson, I call him the law firm. He lit it up in the second half. What a comeback. What a debut. And his complimentary piece, S.J. Green. McLeod, Bethel, Thompson threw for four touchdowns. Green caught two of them. Green, 134 receiving yards, two second-half touchdowns. Absolutely phenomenal. And Kamar Jordan. For the Calgary Stampeders. Now, both these teams, the Stamps and the Argos, on the bye week in a shortened uh, week three in the CFL. But Jordan, 185 receiving yards in a TD. Calgary remains undefeated. 27-18 winners over the BC Lions. Absolute stud right there. As uh, Again, it is a shortened CFL week, folks. So, uh, only three games here. And for the Argos, when you look at... Maybe there's the benefit, and I'm McLeod Bethel-Thompson for another week, new starter, getting is, is more familiarized with the playbook with the first team, getting those reps. Johnny Manziel, though, no break for Johnny. Johnny's back at it in Ottawa against the Red Blacks. You know they're going to be motivated, extra motivated, Trevor Harris and company, after being embarrassed, especially that defense, giving up a 24-point deficit. Hamilton heads into Winnipeg, taking on the Blue Bombers. They put up the 50-burger against the Alouettes, but we know you have to take with a grain of salt what you do against Montreal. That's on Friday. And to kick it off Thursday, Edmonton and the BC Lions. So only three games, but interesting ones in all those. We will talk about these games with my next guest, Rod Smith from the CFL and TSN. That's coming up, CFL Weekly Across, the TSN Radio Network. Whether you're in a hurry, out with friends, or just hungry, it's always a good time for Domino's Pizza. Starting June 11th, check out this deal. A medium four-topping pizza for $9.99. That's right, load up that medium pizza with a wide variety of fresh topping choices for only $9.99. Hungrier? No problem. Make it a large four-topping pizza for just $3 more. Order today and check out all of Domino's delicious pizza, side dish, and dessert options at Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. Welcome back to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. Give me a follow on Twitter at AndyMC81. And folks, remember, we are delivered by Domino's. Go get yourself a four-topping medium pizza for just $9.99. If you want to make it a large, just 3 bucks more. Check out all the delicious toppings, the desserts, the marble cookie brownie, all at Domino's. 
CA. Very happy to have my next guest online, Rod Smith from the CFL and TSN. Rod, how are you? Great, Andy. Good to talk to you again. Absolutely. So let's start with you. Uh, during the CFL season, you are all over the place at Jet Center. You're heading out to BC to call the Lions and Eskimos game. And coincidentally, Mike Riley, the reigning MOP, is my guest on Behind the Helmet on this week's show. Uh, what should we expect out of this Lions-Eskimos game? Because it could be a bit of a dark horse fun matchup between quarterbacks with Lule and Riley. Two very good friends, uh you know, and former teammates, too, when Mike Riley was uh, in B.C. and got his career started there, Andy. And always a good meeting. I remember the last one back in week three at Commonwealth when uh, the Lions had a very good, you know, first half, really. And they led most of the way until a couple of late Edmonton touchdowns uh, in that first half. And then they pulled ahead and they won by, you know, I think upwards of 20 points. So uh, it was decisively Edmonton in the end. But B.C., and that was with Jonathan Jennings at quarterback, with Travis Lule. You do see signs that that offense could be more productive and more consistent, even against the mighty Calgary Stampeders last week when I thought in the second half for a while the Stamps looked like they were going to, or the the Lions looked like they were going to be able to hang in there with Calgary until that, you know, the bad penalty, uh, you know, changed a lot of things for BC. But I still am waiting to see what the Lions can do with Travis Lule. Uh, as their uh, as their starting quarterback, and and um, there have been signs that they're better with Lule than they are with Jennings right now offensively. But you know, still a work in progress. And Edmonton, the only negative thing I've seen from the Eskimos, well, a couple of weeks ago watching them in Montreal, a lot of penalties, and they cleaned that up against the Riders. But they still they do tend to start a little slower, and then they really kick it into gear. And and uh, you know, they tend to trail a lot of games early and then come back and. And uh, I think Edmonton right now looks like the second-best team in the Canadian Football League. And, Rod, when you look at that offense with Edmonton, we know Mike Riley can pop up the 400-yard game and how good he can be. But they're a lot better, or at least more balanced, and that extra threat in the running game when C.J. Gable is in there. The problem is that it is tough to rely on Gable because he is in and out of the lineup so much. How important is having that established, or at least threat, of a running game to that Edmonton offense? I think it's vital because their passing game is already so good. Yeah. They can really screw up a defense. Uh, if you have to respect CJ Gable, if you have to respect that running game, uh, obviously that's going to create some opportunities for Duke Williams and for Darrell Walker and Kenny Stafford over on the other side. And, you know, even Bahar and the Jay are two very good Canadian receivers as well. So it's such a nice compliment. And uh, when they, you're right, and they had Gable going early in that game against the Rough Riders last week. When they have that component with C.J. Gable, with that running threat, um, and even throwing shorter passes to him, uh, Mike Riley's offense is so dangerous and second to none as far as I'm concerned in the CFL. In conversation with Rod Smith from the CFL and TSN host, commentator on Twitter, at RodSmithTSN. Okay, Rod, let's go to the CFL performers of the week here. A pair of Argos and McLeod Bethel-Thompson. How fun was that? I call him the law firm, Rod. This guy, he, <laughs> he is, the to overcome what he did, 24-point deficit, first start, it would have been easy for him to pack it in and put up the numbers. He did four touchdowns, 300-plus yards. For for him to take that group in that limited experience and overcome, what do you think that's going to mean for that Argo team going forward? Well, I, I hopefully it'll mean a lot because, I mean, they've needed some kind of encouragement that way. Yeah. Uh, they didn't really get it from James Franklin. And, and in fairness to Franklin, 
Uh, they weren't really even getting it from Ricky Ray into his second game before he got hurt in the second half against the Stampeders in week two. That offense was struggling out of the gate, and it looked like they were missing uh, a receiver to uh, stretch the field like Devere Posey, who left in the offseason. And, and I thought I was wondering if they were going to be suffering from not having a deep threat. But um, with what Bethel Thompson did in the second half, because he had a very mediocre first half, but he became, I, I think he looked very poised the way he stood in the pocket, occasionally throwing from outside the pocket, and started using S.J. Green, another one of the players of the week. I mean, and that's no accident. The two are very good for each other. I think Green helped Bethel Thompson out a lot. He had a couple of touchdowns uh, his first of the season in that second half as part of the comeback. And who knows, maybe that's uh, – S.J. Green has worked with a lot of good quarterbacks, but I'll be curious to see where this one goes. We won't see it until next week against BC because the Argos are one of the three teams that does have a bye uh, heading into week nine. But um, it's promising, Andy. It's promising. It is one game, and it's really one half. So I'm going to reserve judgment. Uh, I think we need to see more to know if uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson is going to be the real deal. And, Ron, although... I'm sure the Argos would love to get back out there to try to capitalize on uh, that, that second-half momentum. Probably not the worst thing that they're able to have a week, take a step back, have Bethel Thompson, more reps with the one offense, and get ready for a BC Lions team, which we just talked about. Wow, fun. Certainly, you can, you can overcome them. I, do you think this is a good thing that they have that extra time? I think it is overall. And, I mean, to your point, you know, when you come off a big win like that, you want to cash in on the momentum and keep playing. But the Argos almost played two games there. They didn't <laughs> look that great in the first half. And whatever, you know, Mark Tressman, I think, is probably one of the best when it comes to making adjustments when he has the opportunity. And clearly, that coaching staff got together, and they did make some critical adjustments on offense that worked. Um, so that being said, give them a week off, more time. I mean, historically, having the bye at this point in the season – will certainly help more than it'll hurt. I certainly expected the, to help the Argonauts and make uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson a little more comfortable in, uh, you know, in what he's been doing and you know, more of a chance to look at the film and, and write the things that he was doing wrong. And you mentioned one of the three teams that are on the bye. Uh, it's the Calgary Stampeders and the other top CFL performer of the week, Kamar Jordan. We've yeah. seen this guy flash before here, Rod. 185 yards, a touchdown. And we're starting to see... Bo Levi Mitchell, he had the injuries last year and was hot and cold a little bit this season. Boy, this Calgary offense is looking like it's clicking now. Especially with those two combining, yeah. Andy. I mean, and their defense, let's face it, their defense has led the way this season. Sure, But you, it's such a plug-and-play team where they have injuries and, and receivers just seem to come out of nowhere and, and pick it up, pick up the slack. Same with the running back situation, too, now. Uh, you know, when you know, Terry Williams gets hurt or Don Jackson gets hurt. And, um, you know, that's after they found out they, they weren't going to have Roy Finch back in the offseason and Jerome Messam gone back to uh, Saskatchewan at the time. But it doesn't seem to matter who is there. They get good athletes, good players who are ready, ready to step in. And, and Kamar Jordan at one point in time was, was that guy too after Eric Rogers left the first time and Jordan emerged as one of the go-to receivers. He's definitely the go-to guy now. And that was a, that was a great performance. Uh, you know, great throws by, by Bo on a couple of those deep routes. I mean, they were thriving on longer passes to Jordan, and that's, you know, of course, where he got most of his yardage and just a few catches, but they were great catches, and uh, there was coverage there, 
and Jordan is starting to look like one of the top receivers, you know, along with Duke Williams in the Canadian Football League. And what I really admired about him, Andy, was I was doing a game out there earlier in the season against Ottawa, and we had our interviews before uh, the the game the day before and talked. It was you know the first time we'd seen them and, uh, and talked about the fumble, the dreaded fumble back in Ottawa in the Grey Cup, which led to the big return by Cassius Vaughn of the Argos and really changed the tide of that game. Now, obviously, you know, that wasn't all on Jordan, but I think he uh, was very mature about his response. He didn't try to hide from it. He didn't duck it. I think he took some unfair criticism for it. And um, uh, he really impressed me with the way he talked about it and how he and as a team, they're trying to make amends in 2018. And so far, this team looks as good, if not better, than last year's team or the team before. And that is a scary thing. In conversation with Rod Smith, CFL on TSN on Twitter, at Rod Smith TSN. Rod, you know we got to talk Johnny. We got we almost made it through. <laughs> we got to talk Johnny Mantel. John, Johnny who? Oh, Johnny, Johnny, I don't know. He's, I don't know if he's Johnny football right now. He's, he's certainly Johnny interception. Uh, four, four INTs. And Rod, we, we joke, but this Alouette's team, it, it's not like they have surrounded him on either side of the ball with any sort of help. Uh, a humbling debut, as he said. What is it? Can we tell? I was going to ask, what can we expect? But I don't know if that's a fair question. Can, do we know what to expect out of Johnny Manziel next time out? Like, I'm hoping for some steady, Progression, not necessarily wins because that team is not built very well. But what no. are you expecting out of Johnny this week heading into Ottawa? Who, by the way, Red Blacks are going to have a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, after blowing a twenty-four yeah. point lead that you talk about, uh, I like you. I think uh, if we're going to evaluate it over enough games, I do expect to see a progression. I don't know how much better you can expect him to be, and and, and I'm with some of the guys that I work with who know a lot more about it than I do. Uh, like Matt Dunnigan, Henry Burris, were very critical of the Owls putting him in this situation. I still believe if uh, if he gets enough of a supporting cast around him over the coming, not just the rest of this season, but next year as well, and onward, uh, if the Alouettes improve uh, in other departments, and if he continues to be patient, as patient as he says he's going to be, I still think he could be a star in the CFL, yeah, yeah. and, and we'll we'll look back at that debut against Hamilton and and you know marvel about how far he's come. But he he does need the reps, and this is where I'm torn as well. They don't think he should have been thrown into that situation. I think they've done it now, so he may as well continue and learn on the fly and learn about the game as uh, as some other you know quarterbacks had to do before they became good. Um, if everybody's patient with it, I think it can work long-term. But short-term, to answer your question in Ottawa, I expect him to be a little better. Uh, I don't know how much better, though. Right, and they really don't have that much of a choice right now with Vernon Adams Jr. being on the shelf for a few weeks with an injured foot. So it's Johnny time. Whether you like it or not in Montreal, it'll be, it'll be at least fun to watch, hopefully. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And I, I think the expectations were way too high, and we knew yeah, that coming yeah. in. And you know, a lot of people were watching to see what he could do. And largely, too, because he even showed flashes of it with Hamilton in the preseason where his natural athleticism would take over, you know, for uh, a lack of experience and a lack of knowledge of the playbook, and he could still make things happen. And I think people just want to see that. They want to see when things break down, what can Johnny do? And I still think he is quite capable, even three years out of the game, to do some of those magical things. But, you know, you can't dine out on that. You can't win football games no. with it. and. And um, often it's born out of things going wrong to begin with if he's not getting enough protection and, and things like that. So 
you know, I think he tried to do too much. I think too much was expected of him. And, you know, uh, you know, hopefully for his career and for the sake of the Montreal Alouettes, this will be looked at uh, as, you know, maybe a blip down the line once things change a long time from now. Hopefully for them it does. But uh, that was pretty, pretty ugly to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, it sure was. Uh, Rod, thank you so much as always. We'll look forward to your call uh, with the BC Edmonton game and then on the uh, panel the rest of the weekend. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Andy. Great, great as always to talk to you. That was Rod Smith from the CFL on TSN after the break. CFL power rankings and fantasy tips with TSN.ca. Scott Call and that and a whole lot more right here on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. CFO Weekly rolls on here across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. Remember, folks, we're delivered by Domino's. Get yourself a medium four-topping pizza for just $9.99. And if you're hungrier than that, Domino's has you covered there, too. Three bucks more gets you a large. Check out all the great deals at Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. Okay, power ranking, CFL fantasy tip time here on the show. Scott Cullen from TSN.ca joins me. Scotty, how's it going? Great. How you doing, Andy? I'm I'm doing good. Uh, before we get to the power rankings, let's let's start with with fantasy a little bit here, and then we'll swing back. Um, am I am I accurate in suggesting you're not going to pick Johnny Manziel uh, as your your fantasy quarterback <laughs> this week? Is that safe to say? Yeah, safe to say. Uh, probably a bargain price. I have to, you'd have to think after uh, that first game. And look, it it's obviously not all Manziel. No, fault. no. The, the Alouettes are obviously a, a mess of a team. Uh, at the same time, you know, you know, I think I think the the expectation was that he he might be able to give you a little bit more than that. Um, you know, it, the Alouettes are a mess of a team, but Vernon Adams Jr. doesn't look uh, as helpless as, as Johnny Menzel did last week. And um, you know, I guess the, it serves as a good reminder that uh, you know you, you can't just step into the league and mm-hmm. and play because you you have some kind of uh, college or NFL pedigree that you know you're going to have to do the work and um I mean in Manziel's case he's going to need a supporting cast that is you know capable of blocking for him and uh giving him an opportunity to succeed. I mean at the time of the trade that was sort of my my first concern was that the Alouettes weren't really weren't weren't positioned to get put Manziel in a position to succeed uh, and then when we saw what happened in his his start you know well that that's kind of the worst case scenario I think um so you know, we'll we'll see uh, if there's growth to be had in in the next few weeks from from Johnny Mandel, but uh, I, I think a pretty humbling first start. Yeah, and I'm with you. That supporting cast is absolutely terrible. Had minus three point four total fantasy points there, but yeah, <laughs> you, you you can't put you you certainly can't put all that on on Johnny Mandel. And you know what? They'll they'll have a chance to rebound this week against the Ottawa Red Blacks, a team who, Scotty, where are they in the power rankings this week? Because they were absolutely shell-shocked after dominating a half of football. McLeod, Bethel, Thompson, Stormback. Where do the Red Blacks fall? Do they stay the same? How are they looking in the power rankings? Well, you know, they're falling in the mushy middle of yeah. teams that are, um, you know, we don't know what we're getting from one week to the next. Like, I think, obviously, Calgary is the class of the league. That's sure. fine. Edmonton and Winnipeg seem to be kind of a tier up. But then the rest... Uh, I think you have Ottawa and Saskatchewan and Hamilton and BC. Uh, and BC, I know they're only two and four, but I think with Travis Lulay, they're a better they're a better operation than they were uh, early in the year. So, yeah. uh, kind of those four teams, 
you know, from one week to the next, I, I practically roll the dice and, and see where they go because, um, you know, d- just when you think, oh, yeah, they, they've started to figure it out, they they turn around the next week and very clearly haven't. Um, and so I got Ottawa. That That's obviously a disappointing loss uh, to Toronto, um, but I, I think we've seen enough from them to to not, you know, write them off and say, oh, well, they're, they're down to the bottom of, of that mushy middle group. I mean, I think they're probably in the four or five range this week. Right, right, exactly. And they'll have that magic elixir of the Montreal Alouettes coming to town, so don't worry about it all. <laughs> well, exactly. Fans. And this is why we don't want to drop them too far, because if they bury no. Montreal this weekend, you know, you go, oh, well, now they have to move way back up. And the truth is that they're probably no different whether they um, – you know, if they if they go and stomp Montreal this week, and and you had already dropped them down, well, then you have to shoot them way back up. And right. Well, no, actually, they're probably the same team. Exactly, they're just playing a, a horrific Alouettes team. And Scotty, how much, and not just for this Toronto team, but in general, when you're doing power rankings and you have a a epic comeback, something crazy, you know, it's not normal. You know, that wasn't planned. It was kind of a, a remarkable one-off. And. and <laughs> Just a lot of fun to watch in the Argos coming back, making the East a lot more interesting. Four and three Ottawa, three and four Montreal, two and five Toronto. Do the Argonauts move at all in the power rankings based on that comeback, or is that just kind of a, hey, you know what, that was fun well, to watch, but yeah, I don't know how much to read into it? Well, I mean, I, I don't know how much to read into it, but I'm certainly more positive on them than I was going into last week because I had really no no great idea of how good McLeod Bethel Thompson would be. No. Um, you know, I mean, he, he had a lot of practice squad time in the NFL, and, and that didn't tell me a whole lot, you know. I, and so um, I guess I wasn't terribly optimistic for last week. And then when you see him, you know, he throws for 302 yards and four touchdowns. Well, you know, maybe you think that, that he can give them some reliable uh, quarterback play for, um, you know, the rest of the season. And, and we'll see. Like, I, I think, you know, Tor- Toronto's still, you know, they're, they're fighting uphill. But as you say, the, the way the East is, you know, you string together a couple of wins and all of a sudden things change pretty dramatically. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I I was pretty down on the Argos uh, going into last week because, um, you know, because of all the uncertainty with Bethel Thompson. Uh, but given his first uh, performance, I think, you know, you can be a little bit more optimistic and think that, you know, there's a chance that maybe they start creeping up to catch those other teams. And what I was mentioning earlier in the show, too, Scotty, overcomer, right? Comeback. That's a lot of guts. That's mm-hmm. a lot of heart. And now, really, for that Argonauts team, you, they can be in any situation the rest of the year. And as long as McLeod Bethel-Thompson is under center, they can feel mentally, hey, we got a chance here. And, and with yep, a we bye week. It. Yeah, like, and, and like with a bye week now for the Argos, that only benefits them to get an extra week ready for the BC Lions, who, as you say, with Travis Lilly are a lot better, but certainly not juggernaut. So this will be interesting to track how they perform coming out of the bye week now that there's a little bit of tape on Bethel Thompson and, and really what the BC Lions do. Because if we look at the West, Scotty, hey, two and four, they got to start winning real quick. Oh, no doubt. And this is the. You know the the nature of the CFL, right? Is that in the East you're hard, you're you're almost never out of it, whereas in the West you could fade out of it in a real hurry. You know, as, as the rest of those teams in the West, um, you know, if BC you know loses their next couple of games, well, you know, at that point you're really behind the eight ball trying to trying to get back into it. Right. Um, you know, like two and two and four isn't the end of the world 
But once it starts to two and five and two and six, well, now you're really you're going to be hard pressed to to catch up. And so that's uh, you know that's the battle that that BC faces. And you know, obviously this week with with a game against Edmonton, I know it's at home, but boy, uh, that's not an easy one for them. That's for sure. No, that is going to be real tough. In conversation with Scott Cullen from TSN.ca on Twitter at TSN Scott Cullen. Okay, let's switch over to the fantasy side here. And Scotty, my behind the helmet special guest this week is the reigning MOP Mike. Riley, he stands at 14000 bucks, And as expected, hey, he had a nice week, but it was a, a bit of a come down from that uh, Montreal thrashing from the uh, the previous week. Well, yeah, obviously, right? This is, um, And this is the, the risk that you face when you decide you're going to put $14,000 on Mike Riley week after week is that, you know, some weeks you get that, that Montreal route where he puts up outrageous numbers and, uh, and then, you know, other weeks he puts up good numbers, but the good numbers probably don't warrant investing 14,000. Yes. I, I think, and this week is hard, obviously. Anytime we get these weeks with only three games, mm. um, it's a little more challenging trying to find value. Um, you know, and so I, 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 I'm not inclined to put up 14,000 for Mike Riley. Uh, I, I might be inclined to go, uh, with Trevor Harris because he's got Montreal this week. And uh, I know Trevor Harris has done a lot of on again, off again, uh, you know, from one week to the next. And last week was pretty good, but I think, you know, Montreal, a home game against Montreal might be uh, a worthwhile investment there. I'm with you. And for uh, the $8,405 price tag on the CFL TSN fantasy game, that's not bad. So, we got let's let's put Harris at the quarterback spot. Running back again, very interesting. You got the debate we had last week with okay, Andrew Harris. He's over ten thousand bucks, and if he hits, that's awesome. But if he doesn't, ooh boy, that's that's rough. Um, where are you at in the running back position this week? When you have what looks to be C.J. Gable returning, he's just under seven thousand. You got Harris. Mm-hmm. There's Powell. Where are you leaning running back wise? Uh, it's brutal. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> there isn't any. There isn't great value. Like there, no, you, no. you can't find some somebody at three thousand and think, okay, that that's the guy who's gonna, you know, get me some sneaky yardage. Most of the guys who, um, you know, who you could count on to to put up yardage are all kind of priced accordingly. And so, you know, there's Alex Green, there's Terrell Sutton, there's C.J. Gable. I, I, I'm I'm sort of inclined to lean Green and Gable, um, but there isn't a great bargain to be had. And that's, you know, that's a tough spot is uh, you don't want, you don't want to be paying kind of full retail prices at running back, but with only three games this week, that's kind of where we are. Um, the the mm-hmm. one kind of possibility is, you know, keep an eye on what's going on in BC. Um, you know, you, you might be able to get a little value out of like Trayvon Van. Um, if okay. Chris Rainey isn't back, you know, the, like the, you might also get some return yardage uh, in there as well. But, you know, that that's a riskier play, obviously. And so I'm, yeah, I, I, I'm sort of holding my nose and taking kind of some mainstream running backs this week, and I'm not really thrilled about it, Andy. No, no, I know with these with these limited <laughs> games and CJ Gable, like Scotty, we know this guy can get injured if you blink at him too hard, right? Like he can be out of the game. So you spend that if he hits, he can be great, but he's so inconsistent. In that Hamilton game, you say Alex Green, and and again when he's in there, but June Jones in that running game, it's 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 Belichickian, it's unpredictable. Right? <laughs> yes. It's like what the heck? you could put anybody in there, or he might not run the ball at all. Like that's that's the scary part with with taking a Hamilton running back here. Absolutely, and it's a, yeah, it's a um, this is the like in, in some ways it, you might be better off almost sacrificing your second running back spot this week, and, and huh. you know, depending on how you, depending on how you fill out the rest of your roster. But I, I can I could very easily see um, it making sense to you know whether it's taking Trayvon Van or 
you know somebody else who, who's really not used very often uh, just to kind of fill a, a bargain spot there and right. then worry about spending elsewhere. But it the it just it's on a three game week. There just aren't great great value picks at running back this week. Exactly. And I, I've stayed away from defenses the last couple of weeks. I'm going to jump back on with the Red Blacks here. I'm going to go a Harris and, <laughs> and Red Blacks D. Uh, take, take that, Johnny. For, take that, Johnny. For 3300 bucks. Like it, we talk yeah, about the, the how scary. <laughs> well, well, we talk about how scary running back is this week, Scotty. You might if if you forego the running back or take a gamble on a Trayvon Van, for example. Well, the defense looks like it's the safer bet this week. Well, exactly. You know, that, and, and you know, not not the you know to beat the the drum that we always do about playing against Montreal, but hey, um, it sounds you know, strategy. <laughs> Take, taking that defense up against Montreal is probably a safer play than, than a bargain running back. You're right. That's crazy. Wow. All right, Scotty. Well, thank you so much. Everybody can catch uh, Scotty's work on tsn.ca and on Twitter at TSN Scott Collin. Thanks so much. Anytime. Thank you, Andy. That was Scott Collin from tsn.ca. After the break, I alluded to it earlier. My special, special, special behind the helmet with the reigning MOP of the CFL quarterback for the Edmonton Eskimos, the elite of the elite, Mike Riley, next here on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Back to wrap up another edition of CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. Follow me on Twitter at AndyMC81. On Instagram at AndyMCSports. If you missed any of the show, go to your local TSN radio show page. Under the show page section, you scroll down. CFL Weekly there with my smiling face. You can click on the latest episode. You can get on iTunes. And I got it pinned to my Twitter and Instagram pages as well. So lots of ways to catch it up. But as we do... In this section of the show, it is time for Behind the Helmet. And oh my, do I got a good one today for you folks. He is the reigning, defending, CFL most outstanding player. It is quarterback of the Edmonton Eskimos, Mike Riley. Mike, how's it going, man? It's going good. Thanks for having me on. No problem. How's that for an intro, huh? Got me feeling pretty good. That was great. Yeah, man. I'm going to have to make sure that... uh... My wife introduces me to people at parties like that. I think it's a good idea. You know what? I'll record it for you, and you can just put it on your phone and just blast oh, it on speaker. Perfect. Yeah, that's it's excellent. Easier. No chart, no chart. Okay, uh, let, <laughs> let's get the fans to get to know the uh, the reigning MOP a little bit better. So, first of all, let's go back in time a little bit. Who was your favorite quarterback growing up, and who do you feel you at least in part pattern your QB style after? For sure. I mean, those are probably two entirely different people. Um, Meaning when I was a kid growing up, Dan Marino was the man. Right. Uh, he's who I loved watching play, had his jerseys. I would wear his jersey when I was running around in the backyard with my brothers playing football. I was all about the Miami Dolphins, mm-hmm. but I really didn't care about them as a team. I just loved watching Dan Marino play. Um, I can't really say that I mirror my game after him because he had two busted knees and big old <laughs> knee braces and never scrambled out of the pocket and did any of that, but he could sling it. So um, I loved watching him play. That's why I wear the jersey number 13. Um, he was just my all-time favorite growing up as a kid. Um, probably the guy that I you know, try to mirror my game after um, 
Although I don't think that anybody's at his level would be Aaron Rodgers, a guy right. that you know I know decently well. Spent some time in Green Bay with him, but uh, yeah, I don't think it hurts that uh, he wears the green and gold as well. Hmm. But um, you know, he's a guy that I think you know likes to push the ball downfield, isn't afraid to try to rip the ball in there. Um, but at the same time, you know, he, he's not what you would call a scrambling quarterback. But he extends a play and gets out of the pocket, and he'll take off downfield when he needs to. Um, you know, he's a guy that I I just love. Watching watching him play. I think he's phenomenal at really all the aspects of being a quarterback. Um, so again, you know, not claiming that I'm at his level. I don't think anybody is. I think he's, uh, you know, one of, if not the best in the game right now, but um, you know, he's a guy that I, I love to watch play. I love how he plays the game. You know, I try to play the game in a similar fashion. Exactly. Like you said, that extension of plays, looking to throw, but extend the play with his legs. So no, not yeah, for uh, sure. I mean, that's a, definitely an asset that he uses and one that I try to do as well. Two pretty good quarterbacks to be fans of, Marino and Rodgers. All right, uh, best advice you you give to a player that is new to the CFL game? So someone up from America, never been to Canada, seen the CFL. Is there some advice you give them about, about playing the game? Because it is so different. Yeah, I mean, shoot, we could sit here for hours and talk <laughs> about the differences and all the different things that you need to be prepared for. Um, you know, but the one thing that I will say about this league that I've always loved is is that you have to earn, you know, your success here and you have to earn your, your time on the field. And so I would tell anybody that's coming up here that's new to it is is be ready for your opportunity, man, because in this league we don't have – you know, first round draft picks that are getting guaranteed millions of dollars and things like that. Uh, whereas in the NFL, you know, if you're an early draft pick uh, or a big name guy, you know, you've already bought yourself multiple years on the team because of financially what they've invested into you. Whereas in the CFL, you don't know when your opportunity is going to come. Um, you know, I had to wait for till my third season, really, for mine to come. Um, you know, and a lot of guys have had to deal with that, and, and not just quarterbacks, but other positions as well. But the thing about this league is that when you do get your opportunity, um, if you're not ready for it, you can be out of here real quick. Sure. You know, and there's a lot of guys that have, have come through, um, you know, big-name guys that get their chance, and they don't take advantage of it, and then they're gone. Um, you know, I mean, there's plenty of names, but one of the ones that probably sticks out the most to me is like Troy Smith in Montreal. You know, he yeah. came in and played in the latter part of the season and did pretty well. And it was a big hype about him in the off season and things going in. And I think like six weeks into the next season, he wasn't even on the roster anymore. So uh, it's one of those things where when you get your chance to play on the field, we have so much talent that's available um, that's wanting to play. Uh, you know, you don't know when that opportunity is going to come. It may be, you know, one of the first weeks here on the team, or it may be three years down the road. But when you get that opportunity, you, you better be ready for it. And if you are, um, you know, you can you can have a really long, great career in this league. But if you're not, you're going to be gone pretty quick. Right, and you're so right. That's the big difference. There is not that that long term commitment. And yeah, you see, well, where'd so and so go? Oh, he's gone. Right, and it's oh, yeah, <laughs> it can be that quick. It does. It happens really quick. And, you know, you have to establish establish yourself over the long haul, you know, in this league to stick around for a long time. Um, you know, if you're a flash in the pan, you're not going to buy yourself, you know, multiple years just based on what, you, what you've what you done or what your name is or anything like that. Like, you got to go out there and you have to produce. And, and that's what's great about our league, too. You know, you earn your respect by going out there and playing well, not just based on, you know, your name or, or what you've done in the past. It, it's what have you done up here and, and how well do you play our version of the game of football? 
Now, Mike, you have an incredible group of offensive weapons there in Edmonton, so this is a difficult one for you. Which one of your teammates, which one of your teammates on offense is the best dressed? Best dressed Ooh. offensive guy. We know receivers have swag, so do running backs. Who's the best dressed? Man, that's tough because yeah. you limited it to the offensive side of the ball. I yep. mean, we got some guys on defense, oh. like Mondo steps his game up pretty okay. well. JC does a pretty good job. Um, the DBs usually look like trash, but they think they're sweet. Um, you know, so offensive side of the ball might be kind of hard. You know, I'll give you a couple because um, there's some guys that look pretty sharp. Uh, and then, again, there's some guys that think they look sweet, but they're terrible. So, um Strangely enough, I would say I would put Colin Kelly up there, um, not necessarily because he looks great, but because he tries really hard. You know, a big, big offensive lineman, <laughs> um, starting right tackle. Uh, he he like rocks three piece suits and stuff like that. Wow. He's always got the nice dress shoes and everything like that. I mean, half the time, his dress shirt is untucked out out of the back of his vest and he doesn't even realize it. Um, so I got to knock him a few points on that, but you know, he does try, he shows up every single road trip, uh, you know, dressed to the nines and ready to go. So he's, he's for sure up there, you know, the wide receivers, I can't even really, I can't give them any credit because they're all, they're all in their like early to mid twenties for the most part. And I mean, I I think dressed up style for them is a little different than what I would consider it. So, you know, they're, they're rocking, you know, some Yeezys on their, on their feet or something like that. I'm like, you know, if I gave them the option of wearing some nice, Ferragamo dress shoes or some Yeezys, they're wearing the Yeezys. So I can't really give any of them credit. They're just not, they're not in the same style as, as what I like. So, yeah, i got to go with Colin, probably. <laughs> okay, yeah, for, for, for effort. I like that. That's good. Yeah. Uh, and, and you mentioned on the road. So road trips. Outside, and I know you guys study a lot of, of game film and the game plan, but what do you and your teammates do for fun on the plane, back at the hotel, whatever? Is it cards, video games? What do you guys do for some, some downtime when you're on the road? Yeah, I mean, guys have, you know, their routines they go through for sure. I mean, when we get out, we charter our planes, so, um, you know, everybody sits in the exact same seat on the flight. So me and JC have been in the second-to-last row on the right side. I'm in the window. He's in the aisle uh, for, you know, five, six years, whatever it is. And and we always have uh, Ryan King and Sean White behind us. Calvin's always in the back corner. Uh, Hughes always across the aisle. So, like, guys, and the O-line's always up in the emergency exits. They like the, you know, the more leg room and stuff like that. So that's always constant. Um, in terms of how you pass the time on the flight, it, it depends. You know, if you're going back east and it's a four-and-a-half, five-hour flight, um, you know, we leave earlier in the morning. So generally in the first half of the flight, guys are sleeping, yeah. um, trying to rest up a little bit. But there's, I mean, with iPads and everything like that, there's a ton of guys on, you know, you can download the stuff on Netflix and watch it when you're offline. So a lot of guys are, are watching their Netflix shows. Um, you know, me and JC, we play a game called Super Stickman Golf on the iPad. Uh, you know, it's uh pretty sad how good we've gotten at that game but uh we always take pride in in beating a new course so that that generally consumes a couple of hours for us um sean white just picked up a nintendo switch oh and uh i actually bought one of those last year so there's been a lot of uh, smack talk going on about who's going to be the the mario kart or for my canadian friends the mario kart uh champion um, but i've also let sean know that uh 
you can't just show up as a rookie in the UFC and be like, hey, I want to fight Conor McGregor. No. You know? uh, so Sean White doesn't just get to jump on the switch and try to challenge me for my crown. Like, he's got to work his way up the ranks. So, uh, you know, it'll probably be a few more weeks before I allow him uh, to uh, compete against me yeah. on the Nintendo Switch. But, uh, you know, he's he's trying to earn his stripes, so I can respect that. And then uh, once we get to the city, again, it depends on what city we're in. Um, but guys have their, their spots where they go for food. 99% of the time, um, me and and Danny and Kevin, the other quarterbacks, uh, go with the O-line. We, we go to the keg, you know, and, okay. and everybody gets their meals that they get. Uh, you know, if I'm feeling a little crazy, I'll get the Billy Minor pie afterwards oh, uh, for dessert that. if I feel like I'm not going to have to scramble that much right. the next day. But, um <laughs> Uh, quick side note, Matt O'Donnell is like deathly afraid of mushrooms. So oh. I'm always trying to sneak mushrooms onto his plate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just stuff like that, man. If it's Vancouver, which, you know, we're headed to BC this week. Uh, a lot of guys like to go and hit up some sushi over there. Um, you know, we do a walkthrough when we get to the hotel just to make sure everybody's mentally checked in. And then, uh, after that guys are just kind of, you know, relaxing around the hotel room, trying to, trying to make sure the rest of that's the game. That's awesome. And, Mike, last one for you here. If you had to play another sport professionally, they said you can't do football, but you can pick any other sport to get paid to do, what sport yeah. would that be? Man, that's a tough one. Yeah. It's probably a toss-up. And and not. I wouldn't pick these sports because, like, I'm good at them. Um, I would just pick them for the reasoning because golf, I, I love playing golf. I would lose my tour card probably after the first tee shot they'd be like nope you're that's out. enough we don't have enough rangers to follow around and try to find your <laughs> ball uh, but golf would be sweet you get to travel all over the country uh play you know the most amazing courses in the world um you know but it, it's not all fun and games obviously that's a pretty stressful job sure. too if you're not one of the top guys just trying to maintain your card um but baseball man are you kidding me does yeah. it get any better than baseball I yeah it suck to have to play like 162 games like how monotonous is that uh, but at the same time each individual game doesn't really matter it's like oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's july we just lost three in a row who cares you we know, have 90 whatever. more we got 159 <laughs> more games oh by the way i just signed a hundred million dollar contract and it's guaranteed Fully. so if i never play another game after this i'm gonna get a hundred million dollars like how sweet is that yeah i think baseball uh, would be my choice that's good <laughs> yeah i always tell football guys like we're idiots man we picked the one sport uh, where it's the easiest to get injured and also you don't have a guaranteed contract. Right. Like, whether it's CFL or NFL, like what kind of sense does that make? But, uh, yeah, baseball, oh, those guys got it made. And if you're, if you're a closer, like you pitch oh. like one inning each game or yeah. middle relief pitchers where it's at. Like you don't even have to pitch. Who knows? Maybe three weeks go by and then you got to go in there and throw a couple balls because you're a lefty. And, and that's you know, it. One guy. Batter up. Like, yeah. Great gig. So. Wow. Man, I'm with you. Okay, so baseball for Mike Riley, or golf. But, but yeah, the guaranteed money yeah. puts it over the top. Yeah. Mike, man, we could go for an hour here, brother. Thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries, man. Thanks for having me on. That was Mike Riley of the Edmonton Eskimos. What a guy. I love Mike Riley. This might be my new favorite quarterback. Mike Riley reigning MOP of the Edmonton Eskimos. Eskimo. So there you go, folks. Follow me on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMCSports. That'll do it. Get ready for this weekend's games. You've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Enjoy the action, folks.